You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast, and this is a special series celebrating mompreneurs. Some days I win at momming, and some days I win at being a businesswoman. And some days I really don't win it either. And I feel like I'm just barely treading water and, and keeping going. going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are an action-taking, savvy businesswoman who's obsessed with growth, then you're in the right place. Right now, you're listening to the Mompreneur series on the podcast. And during the very first episode of this series, I talked a lot about the Mompreneur mission statement. So I have gone ahead and created one for you to download for free. Just go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash MMS. This mompreneur mission statement has been the foundation of what allows me to live very purposefully in two areas of my life that I consider so important to me, my business and my life as a mother. So go download this free tool for you to use to thrive in your mompreneur life today. I met Chelsea Lammy under really bad circumstances. A few years ago, I was in a really bad car accident, and she is the person that I hired to represent my case. During that time, I've had the privilege of watching Chelsea completely flourish, not only as an entrepreneur, but as a mom. When I first met her, she had a small baby, Michael, and now during the time of this interview, she has a three-year-old, that would be Michael, and now a one-year-old. Chelsea is someone I have immense respect for because she chose to leave the firm that she was working for when I first met her when her second son was just six months old old to open her own private personal injury practice. Not only did she totally rock out her first year in business, but she has managed to raise two incredible kids and do it all as a sole income earner for her family of four. During this interview, we talk about delegating and how powerful that can really be to make sure everything can actually work in your life. And she gives some really great tools that she uses for some of the things that she outsources. And we go in depth about one of my favorite parts about Chelsea's entire experience. And that is the fact that she has instituted a baby-friendly workplace for three days out of the week. And it's so amazing to hear how she's done it, why she's done it, and the resources and support that she's used to be able to make sure that that works. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Chelsea Lammy. Hey, Chelsea, what's going on, girl? Hey, Katie, I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm great after we've had about 15 minutes of Skype tech stuff going on. (laughs) I'm so ready to have this interview now. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive right into it. 
Can you give our listeners kind of a little bit of a backdrop as to what your business is, what you do on a daily basis, and a little bit of a snapshot of your kids? Absolutely. Well, I'm a personal injury trial lawyer. So people come to me when they've had something terrible happen, you know, car accidents, uh, major slip and falls, wrongful death, motorcycle accidents, horrible events like a a molestation of a child or, you know, maybe a woman in a hospital or a drug treatment facility or even a shooting like at a nightclub. So I handle some of the the worst stuff that you can kind of imagine on a daily basis, which is really depressing. But I try to, you know, do the best job I can and help these people pick the pieces of their lives back up. And I get enormous personal satisfaction from doing that and professional satisfaction. So that's what I do. You know, I just, I'm I'm a personal injury trial lawyer. I love going to trial uh, and that keeps me busy. So some days I'm meeting with clients. Some days I'm going to court for a hearing. Some days I'm in court for a full five-day jury trial. And then when I'm not doing that, of course, or I should say all the time, you know, another thread that's always going on in my life is my personal life. So I have got my one-year-old Henry and I've got my three-year-old Michael. Those are my two boys. Wow. Okay. So number one, let's just start with the fact that your life as an attorney is time-based. I mean, that's typically how most attorneys, like you charge by the hour, your time is it's very, very time heavy as far as what you are doing every single day. So can you talk a little bit about what that means for you? Because I mean, you can only make things so efficient, but it's still your company still requires your time to be there on a regular basis, right? Oh, absolutely. Most attorneys do charge by the hour. I charge contingency. So I take a piece of every case as it settles or as we get a verdict that's paid. So I don't have to be, you know, billing hours and hours a day like a lot of attorneys do, which is a real positive for me and my personal life. But at the same time, in order to move the case forward to get those cases resolved and do the best I can and build a great business, I do have to be very efficient and I do have to be working hard every day. I don't have to physically be in the courtroom every single day. I would say maybe once a week on average, if I'm not in trial, that's how often I'm physically in a courtroom. So if I'm not physically in a courtroom, I am able to work, you know, at my office. I'm able to work on the road. I'm able to work even on vacation, although maybe we shouldn't be doing that. But I think as businesswomen, we somehow always manage to work a few hours a day, even when we're not supposed to be working. So yeah, I I am needed, you know, in person, but I also have lots of great systems and processes and great people in place. And so if I don't have to physically be in a courtroom or physically meeting with a client, which is only one or two days out of my whole week, I can really work anywhere in the world. And I do, I take advantage of that. Can we dive right into some of those processes and systems? I was going to save that to a little bit later when we, you know, talk about your kids, but let's dive right into that because that's some of what I feel like as... Women who are balancing and screw the word balance, the women who are managing (laughs) business and like a growing business and this life of a mom, like I feel like that is ultimately what we're working on. How can we make our lives more efficient? How can we be, how can we make sure that we're working on the priorities? How can we make like what tools are out there that, that can like help us manage our lives? So what kind of things do you do to help Make sure that you're working on the most important things, that the time that you are spending in your office or out of court, like the times that you are at work is efficient so that you can go home and really be a mom. I was hoping you were going to tell me. I thought thought that's what we were doing today. (laughs) I mean, girl, I've got a lot of opinions and tools on that, but like 
I have found that like every mompreneur has their own little tweaks and uses and things that they have found that work. So I'm really interested to hear what yours are. Is it bad that I feel like I just barely am, you know, dog paddling through this? I, I am, you know, doing my best every single day. I think some days I win at momming and some days I win at being a businesswoman. And some days I really don't win it either. And I feel like, you know, I'm just barely treading water and, and keeping going. Now, I know for most people, what you and I probably consider treading water is doing awesome. But I think, you know, as perfectionists, as moms, as, as women who own businesses, we really just strive for the absolute best. And I think too often we think anything that isn't the absolute best is failure when that is still, you know, miles above where maybe men doing the same things we're doing would, would consider themselves as being, oh, very successful that day or that week. You know, and I feel like it's, <laughs> I feel like it's true. I feel like it's this constant, like, let me just show up and see if I can do it a little bit better today. Let me just show up and see if I can do it a little bit better today. You know, one thing that I am constantly growing about is like this, this concept of like mastering your schedule, because mm -hmm. I think it's very specific to women who typically are managing a lot of roles, whether you're a mompreneur or not, like you're, you're typically managing a lot of different responsibilities, right? And so I feel like if you can master your schedule, if you can really proactively create the schedule that works for you, that allows you to be the best in all of these responsibilities, allows you to show up at the best possible way in all the different ways that you want, mm -hmm. then you have a lot more capabilities to be able to kind of do it all, even though it's it's, it's still like, it's still a challenge, right? So I yeah. guess what, what do you do to be able to master your schedule? Any particular strategies that you have to like set up your week a certain way or certain rules that you have on when you're working, when you're not anything like that? Well, definitely Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are a little looser because those are the days that my office is baby friendly. And I don't want to jump ahead, right? We'll get back to that. But Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are baby friendly. So my office is a little bit more chaotic than it normally would be. So Thursdays and Fridays are the days where I really try to buckle down, which I know is sort of counterintuitive. A lot of people sort of were let off the gas pedal towards the end of the week. That's when I hit it the hardest is Thursday and Friday. So Thursdays and Fridays are when I try to set my hearings, if it's possible. Thursdays and Fridays are when I try to set depositions or mediations. Lots of different reasons, but part of that is the fact that I'm not baby-friendly on Thursdays and Fridays, so I have complete sort of silence and ability to really focus on certain tasks. But of course, with my business, and I'm sure it's like most uh, women or, or mom, mompreneurs, is that I have to be available when a client needs me, whether that's a new client walking in the door, which means, you know, unless we're in trial, we stop everything we're doing and attend to that new client. Not only just from a, a human perspective, they need help right then and there, but from a business perspective, that's a client we need to go sign up and start working on their file. There's a rough plan for, you know, how we handle things and when things get scheduled, but that rough plan is generally out the window. Anytime, you know, anything comes up, my kid gets sick. If I don't have something really important for a client in a hearing, you know, a hearing or a depot or a mediation or trial, everything's going to get bumped to go to the pediatrician. But if I do have a trial or a hearing or a depot, well, then I'm not going to be able to cancel that barring some life-threatening emergency. So that's when I need to rely on the systems, the people in my life to really try to pick up the, the baton and keep it moving forward towards the finish line. Yeah. Who are those people for you? What kind of support do you have around you to make it all work? What kind of childcare do you have? What kind of help do you have both in your business life and your personal life? Well, I believe in outsourcing as much as you possibly can and can afford to do at any given time. What I try 
try to look at is how much does it cost me to do something versus somebody else. So maybe, you know, if my, I don't charge my clients hourly, but sometimes in certain cases at the end, if when we win, the other side has to pay for me. And so when that happens or they have to pay the fees, when that happens, you know, I get between 400 to $500 an hour. So whenever I look at something, I go, okay, is this worth $400 an hour of my time grocery shopping? Nope, not worth $400 an hour of my time. So I outsource, I just happen to use shipped. It's a grocery delivery service and they come every single Sunday night. As soon as we get the kids in bed and the groceries are delivered for the whole week, we're good. Um, and then of course we have childcare because my office is baby friendly three days a week. So we have a nanny there to take care of my two children, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, as well as the children of the staff members or my team members. And then my child, I put my three-year-old in an awesome you know, school. So he goes to school Thursdays and Fridays. And then my husband is a stay-at-home dad. He is disabled from a car accident. So it's not like he can be super dad. He can't do it eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week, but he can do it, you know, a couple hours a day, Thursdays and Fridays. And that's all we need to make it work. Of course, looking at, you know, my home, I don't have the time or the energy or the desire to clean my house. So again, you know, what is your hourly, you know, rate versus what you can pay somebody to do and also stimulate, I know it sounds cheesy, but I always say, Hey, I'm stimulating the economy. I'm providing a, you know, work and a paycheck for somebody who is in that skill set at that hourly wage who needs that work. And that's helping her family. So I do have somebody come in and clean the house every other week. Um, we have a pool company that takes care of the pool. We have a yard company that takes care of the yard. Just outsource, outsource, outsource. If it doesn't, you know, make sense financially on a spreadsheet for you to be spending your time doing something, don't do it. You know, give it out, give it away to somebody else who can really use that and it'll help them and their family. And a huge, huge tip for anyone listening, because it's such a great concept to get and you can get it intellectually, but it's a very different thing to actually put it into practice. And this is something that I have had to do kind of a, a whole mental shift to actually really do this. And so my recommendation is just to start if you're like... <laughs> If you're like, I can do it. No, no, no. I really love doing it. Like just practice bringing someone in to help you out for like an hour a week or two hours a week or whatever it is. Like start small and then get used to somebody else doing it for you. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so just little things like start small. And if your budget is not, you know, a huge buzz budget, but you can afford 40 bucks a week, like how, how can I spend $40 a week that will give me more time back? Like constantly ask yourself that. That's, I love that, Chelsea. Thank you. Um, okay. So I want to talk about something really specific that just blew my mind. So I've had the privilege of knowing you since your first child was a baby, really. And then I got to know you as you had your second child. And then when your second child was six months old, I got the notification that you were opening your own office and you were leaving the firm that you were with and you were opening your own company. Why in the world... <laughs> At six months old, with a six-month-old kid and a toddler, did you decide to make that move? And what was the biggest challenge that you had doing that? I think lack of sleep uh, <laughs> equals poor decision-making. 
<laughs> no, not at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it was lack of sleep. Our first baby was perfect and an angel and did everything right. And, you know, just basically, you know, he's ready for college. He's taking care of himself. <laughs> Our one-year-old is a nightmare. I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> I love him to death. I would die for him, but he's a stinking nightmare. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. He doesn't cooperate. You know, he's kind of just like a little lump. <laughs> we love our little lump. Um, <laughs> I hope he never hears this when he's older. But yeah, he's just so difficult. And so I think six months into it with a baby who was so difficult and not feeling 100% satisfied where I was, you know, being uh, in a bigger firm and just feeling like my life wasn't working the way I thought it was supposed to work, I would feel guilty about missing a pediatrician appointment, or I would feel guilty about having to ask, you know, or to tell my partners, oh, I'm going to, you know, miss this appointment to do a pediatrician appointment. It just got to the point where I felt like not enough was being done on my terms, my way, in a way that was completely on track with my vision for my life and my family. So yeah, it's six months with a two-year-old and a six-month-old. I just said, let's go for it. You know, there was a lot of sleepless nights. There was a lot of nights that I laid in bed crying. You know, my husband's disabled. So I'm the only income earner in our little family of four. And the idea of giving up a huge six-figure paycheck for a complete unknown, no paycheck for the first couple of months really was terrifying. It was the only way that I knew that I would have everything that I thought that my kids deserved, my husband deserved, I deserved. So it was just the only way I could see my life going in a way that would make me happy. And I'm just really glad that I went for it. That is incredibly brave. <laughs> I mean, incredibly brave. That had got, that had to be so challenging. Could you give one or two tips to anyone listening, especially when they're starting either a new phase of their business or something that scary that's like, I'm starting something new with all this other new stuff in my life, like a kid? <laughs> What made it work for you? Because I happen to know that you had an incredibly successful first year of your business. So what do you think, looking back, made it really work so well for you? I think I jumped at the right time. I mean, there's never a perfect time. Notice I didn't say perfect. It was an acceptable time. It was a, an okay time. I knew that I had the client base. And one thing, I have uh, an older grandfather. He's 85 years old. He's a Korean War vet. I love him to death. And he... All through my life growing up, he would talk about business or money. And one of his famous sayings was, numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. And it's not really profound, but that was just something that he always said that stuck with me. And so when I started contemplating, you know, leaving my big firm and opening up my own little small personal injury law office, I just heard those words, numbers, the numbers don't lie. And so I went in and I looked at the numbers and thankfully I'd always been a person who tracked the numbers. So I was able to look and see, okay, in 2010, 2011, 2012, 13, 14, 15, what had I done? What, how many cases had I brought in solely on my own good name through other lawyers or other clients? How much money did each one of those cases equate to when it came down to a fee? And once I saw that I was bringing in enough cases and making enough money to support all of my staff and myself, then I knew that that was a good time to go. Now, there was no guarantees it was going to keep happening, but you know, the best, what's the best indicator of future behavior, past behavior. So I knew that 
if I just continue to do everything the way I had always done it since 2010, that it would be okay. And I just had to step out in faith and just know that everything was going to continue to be okay. And all the work, the clients were going to come in, the money was going to continue to to be processed. If I just continued to work hard and do everything I'd been doing before and thank goodness it worked. (laughs) That's awesome. And it worked really well. You took your team on a trip to Hawaii as a major like, thank you for making your first year totally rock it out. Yeah, that's just one of the things I do. That's one of my benefits for my staff or I hate to say staff. That's one of the benefits for my team members is that if we all work really hard and we accomplish the goals that we set in January, then come December, I make an announcement as to whether or not we've hit our goals. And if we have, everybody gets to take a a friend and we all go usually out of the country. But this year we had a new baby being born into our team. So mom didn't want to leave baby to go out of the country. So uh, we, we did Hawaii. How cool. I love that. So love that. Now, you alluded to something a little earlier about baby-friendly office days. And this was actually part of the reason why I wanted you on the show, because I thought it was such a deeply innovative action that you had taken that we can talk all day long about how you organize your own life and how you manage your own life and make it work. But what this really was, in my mind, was actually taking that a step further, like doing something proactively to impact not only your own personal life as a mompreneur, but the lives of your team members and the lives of your clients. And like, it's it's just amazing. So can you explain exactly what baby friendly days are in your office? Baby friendly days are days when team members, including myself, can bring our children into the office and leave them with our law firm nanny. We actually have a woman whose only job is to work Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from nine until five, and to act as the nanny for all of the children of all of my team members so that everybody can just focus on their job and doing their job the best they can, you know, those eight hours a day, three days a week. And then the other two days a week, we aren't baby friendly. So I leave my kids at home. They're with my husband or the older ones at school. And my staff members either leave their child or children at home with another friend or family member or daycare or school, or they stay home and they work remote those two days. So it it all sort of started back when I was pregnant with my first child back in 2013. I just knew that I obviously couldn't be a stay-at-home mom, right? Financially, that's not going to happen. So I knew I had to keep working, but I also knew that I didn't want to do daycare or I knew that my husband couldn't handle the children five days a week, eight hours a day. So I decided to just build out a nursery. It was so perfect. At the same time I was pregnant and about to uh, have Michael, we were moving. My firm was moving from one space to a different space. So I just went ahead and worked with a contractor and built a little nursery (laughs) attached to my office, kind of without telling anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, well, they'll find out. And so I built this little, you know, nursery and I came back to work uh, just less than three months later after I had Michael. And of course I was working from home the whole time, but I came back quote unquote, from maternity leave with Michael in a nanny. And so I, I had Michael and the nanny in that little corner area, you know, built onto my office. 
And it worked out really, really well. I mean, the st- the staff there loved, you know, that there was a baby in the office. The partners didn't seem to mind too much. The clients just loved it, you know. And, and whenever they would come, I had a changing table and a nursing chair and diapers and wipes and toys. So it was really conducive to having clients be able to bring their kids in. And then I watched as another team member, a woman got pregnant and went out and had her baby and came back less than three months later with no baby. And I just kind of felt like, okay, I get to bring back my baby, but she doesn't get to bring back her baby. How does that make me feel? How does that make her feel? What message are we sending to our clients and our fellow team members? So that was part of the reason that helped to motivate me to open up my own law firm. And I knew for sure that when I did that, we were going to be baby friendly for everybody and that it wasn't something every mom and dad deserves to be with their baby if that's what they want. And I just knew that it wasn't something that should have been reserved for me because I had a corner office. My team members work just as hard as I do. They're just as instrumental in making my business a success. And I knew that I was never going to let another mom or dad go out and come back without that baby if they wanted that baby there. I have goosebumps and I'm about to cry right now because I, <laughs> here's why is because I just feel like that is a massive movement. Like what you did, it completely shifts this very black and white view of what quote unquote success and what quote unquote business should look like. And I feel like that's why I'm so passionate about women in business, because we completely shift the paradigm on how we do business. We can commiserate all day long about like how challenging it is to like manage this whole thing. But like we have the opportunity to like at the end of the day, that is so amazing that we do have the opportunity and the freedom and the power to incorporate our babies and our kids into our business lives and our business lives into our kids lives. Like what an amazing awesome opportunity that is. Like I just I love that. Absolutely love that. And here's the thing too, when I first heard you tell me about that, I, you, you have to understand. So I, I, Chelsea, I met you because I had gotten into a really bad accident. That was not my fault. And Ch- I hired Chelsea to represent me and I signed on with you and then I got pregnant. So we actually had to like pause the everything because I couldn't go through with the MRI. I couldn't go through with all the medical care that I was supposed to get. And then we had to like turn it back on once the donor was a couple months old. And so like I got to know you through quite some time. And I just remember like I remember going to the chiropractor and being so frustrated that like I had to coordinate daycare during that time. I had to coordinate. I had to make sure like it was happening at a time where I didn't have her. And I was so frustrated that the time that I now totally understood was gold. There were times where I didn't choose to go to get chiropractic care because it meant that either I couldn't be with her or I couldn't work on my business. Like I, I didn't have that option. So when I heard you say that, I was like, oh my God, if you can imagine a world of service professionals who would do this, like, can you imagine the cool stuff? Like we as working moms or moms who have, whether we're working or or not, like we now have the freedom to go and get done what we need to get done in this world because there's childcare there to take care of them while we're doing what we need to do. Like that was like a mind blower for me. I loved it. So I honor you for that. I just, I bow down to you for doing that. 
<laughs> well, thank you. But you're right. Can you imagine if every service provider in our life would have a baby-friendly office and then, of course, extend that to the children of their clients or patients for that short period of time? It would just you know, change everything. And I know as a woman and as a business owner and as a mom, I would go to those businesses exclusively, whether it was a dentist or an OBGYN or a tax preparer. That's where I would go and that's where I would take my business. So it really wasn't one of the things that I thought of as a selling point for my business when I opened my business, but it sure has turned out to really intrigue people and interest people. And I think, you know, if it, if it makes people more interested to come to me as a, as an attorney, well then great. Um, but I have to say it's, it wasn't my idea. I mean, bringing my child was my idea, but I want to share this awesome group. It's called Parenting and the Workplace Institute. And it's a business. It's a, I think it's a nonprofit. And when I first knew that I was going to bring my child in, I Googled, you know, baby friendly offices and children in the workplace and bam, it popped right up on Google and it's run by this wonderful woman. And she's got resources to help businesses, small businesses, large businesses, any size business. You know, if you're interested in bringing your children into your workplace, making your workplace baby friendly, or you're a business owner considering doing this, they have all the resources for you. And there is so much information and support there. They have helped hundreds and hundreds of facilities become baby friendly. They've got the documents. They've got the insurance paperwork. They've got everything that you can think of and things that you can't even think of that you don't know you're missing. It's great. So, you know, check out, I think it's called Parenting in the Workplace Institute. And it's a great woman and a great organization. And if you're, you know, if you're listening and this is something that you want to do with your business or your employer, call them, reach out, and she can provide so much help. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure to have the link for that in the show notes for this episode. So Chelsea, I want to come to a conclusion by asking you, let's just start with the assumptive. You have not so great days. Okay. You have those days that we all do truthfully, whether we're mompreneurs or not, just because we're in business, we have those days where we show up and we're not our best. We have those days where we show up and child gets sick. Um, you know, everything needs to be moved around. We don't feel good about ourselves. Whatever it is, it's a challenging day when you just feel so beat up, really. What do you do in those moments? What do you do for those days in order to get out of them, in order to survive them? Like, what's your mentality? What kind of practical things do you do? Um, days where I'm having really bad days, which thankfully aren't too many, but when you're having a really bad day, I just think I just have to get through this. I just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm not going to think about dinner when it's 10 a.m. and I'm stressed out at the pediatrician's office and trying to move my depot prep of my client at one because I know I'm not going to be out of the pediatricians and picking up the prescriptions by then. I just look at the task that's directly in front of me and I just put one foot in front of the other. And I think, how do I get through this? What needs to be done next? Not what do I want to do next or what would be the optimal use of my time next? You know, what needs to be done to get back on track? It's just today. Things will be better tomorrow. I just sort of give myself a little pep talk and just get through the immediate emergency that's in front of you. And then one foot in front of the other, get through what needs to be done to get to the next day, which you know is going to be a better day. I love that. Chelsea, I can't thank you enough for being here on the show, sharing a little bit about your experiences, your kids, and how you have balanced all of this and continue to make it work. So thank you so much. Thanks, Katie. It's been my pleasure. 